0: Hey, welcome to Echo by CSC SoC. I'm Julian and I'm a second year compsci student.
1: And I'm Anjini, also studying computer science and in first year.
2: Yeah,
0: and in this episode of the personal project series, we have another former CSC SoC co-pres, Ali Murray, who was co-pres just last year. Ali's worked on a variety of projects over the years and she's here to talk about what she's learned from them and how they've helped her pass technical interviews, including at Canva.
1: Yeah, Ali, thanks for joining us. How would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners?
2: Uh, thanks for having me. Yes, I think you've covered almost all of it. Um, I'm Ali, getting pretty old now. I'm in fifth year, graduating soon, hopefully. Um, well, what are you studying right now? Uh, so my degree is a double degree. I do computer science and psychology.
0: Okay, What do you do that combination between computer science and psych?
2: Uh, Well, I think I landed there in a bit of a roundabout way. So I actually have done a degree transfer about three times, I think. So (laughs) I graduated in 2014 from high school in Queensland, and I started doing a paramedic science degree at QUT, so like training to become a paramedic, and then decided it wasn't for me, and then I moved down here and started electrical engineering and computer science. Um, computer science was kind of just like stuck onto the end of my electrical engineering degree to begin with, but then I ended up liking computer science more and electrical really wasn't what I thought it would be. So I dropped electrical and then I kind of wanted to have something else. I really liked double degrees. So I was like, gotta fit something else in there. So psychology I decided on cause I think in any industry that you work in, uh, you need to deal with people, so learning more about the psychology, how people think, why people behave a certain way seems like a good way to go.
1: Yeah, fair enough. And I guess in your spare time as well, what do you do?
2: Mm, Yes, spare time. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) When I do have spare time, um, I like to do a lot of, uh, I guess, hobbies that are, very unrelated to computer science, so like art, like painting. Um, I like reading as well and playing piano.
0: So, just to get to know you a little bit better, what's your biggest flex?
2: Biggest flex? Uh, I don't think I really have one, but to be honest, I feel like uh, all of my flexes, I suppose, like they sound good on paper, but then in reality, I feel like they're not that um, exciting or impressive. And then everything that I, that took so much effort to do, it doesn't actually sound good on paper. So for example, like co-president, um, I was co-pres 2019, sounds like a pretty big flex, but Sid and I were the only two people running for it. Oh. So we pretty much just had to not be hated enough that people would like abstain from voting. Um, But then on the other hand, things like doing one, what is now 1511. Back then it was called 1917. But like finishing that and like getting, I think I got distinction, so it isn't really that impressive. But for me, like the amount of work I had to put in because I hadn't coded before. I was like, that's really happy with that. But it doesn't sound impressive at all. I don't tell recruiters that I just you know go ham on the co and internships that I've done <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: but I mean you, you got the opportunity to flex that today
2: <laughs> that's true
1: <laughs> um, yeah so jumping into I guess like uh, you, t- you mentioned before that like your projects sort of have helped you with um, I guess landing those internships um, what, do you want to talk about your projects or any projects that you've worked on
2: Yeah, so I've done a number of projects, I guess, academically for internship work and a few personal projects. Um, I think with landing my first internship, it wasn't that helpful because I hadn't really been coding for that long. Um, So I guess for background, my first internship was at Google as part of the STEP program. I think it's like called a different thing now, but I can't remember what it's called these days.
1: I think it is still called The Step It's still actually. called The Step. Yeah.
2: I, th- I thought they changed it. Maybe they changed it back, I don't know. But um, that was in my first year. So I really like, hadn't done anything apart from 1511. Uh, and then that kind of me- meant that I didn't have enough time during the summer to really do any personal projects and I guess I did okay at the internship because they invited me back like for the next two years or so. And then I think I think to be honest, the personal projects to develop skills helped more with getting grad opportunities. Um, although doing the projects at the internship was really helpful in like building skills and getting more of an insight to what. Uh, development was like at uh, at industry level.
1: Um, are there any particular ones that you'd want to talk about?
2: Like personal projects? Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose I've done a number of smaller projects, so nothing super big and complicated. Uh, the way that I do projects, I guess, is to learn stuff. Um, so learning JavaScript or React or things like that, um, I think it's it's best to learn by doing, um, which I don't think is a particularly new idea. Um, but I, I remember there was this one saying, I don't know, I didn't come up with it, but it's anyways, it's like, oh, if you want to get good at playing baseball, um, you can like learn techniques and you can watch the best players but in order to actually get good at some point you have to like get the baseball bat and like actually start playing baseball to get any good and I think it's the same way with coding Um, you can learn like read the docs on the react website and you can like watch all the YouTube tutorials you want but in order to really get good you kind of have to actually get in there and start coding and I think personal projects, no matter how big or small, is a great way to kind of start learning.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, so what's an example of one of these personal projects? So like, for example, in that React one, what, was it just a basic website? What was on it or like, stuff like that?
2: A lot of them are games, I'd say, um, cause that was just the advice I got from someone that worked at Canva when I asked them for like tips about interviewing like, cause Canva has a pretty unique, I'd say, uh, final interview where they get you code something. Usually it's like a drag and drop thing in JavaScript, like vanilla JavaScript. And so I asked for tips on how you can prepare for that, what the best ways are, like how he personally um, prepared for like JavaScript interviews. And he was like, I just build a lot of small games, like snake and stuff like that in JavaScript. So that's sort of, I guess, my inspiration for a lot of the preparation projects were uh, small games, also like to-do lists, um, just rendering some movies, like a list of movies. Um, Yeah, I don't think, in, in my case, I don't think I bothered getting too creative because I was just doing it to prepare.
0: Yeah, it's so really just an opportunity to practice your technical skills
2: more. Yeah, I think it's uh I think in some ways it's good to not go too big like all 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 out in like one go. If it's like your first time writing JavaScript, for example, like not being like I'm going to build Excel spreadsheets in JavaScript and HTML. Um it's good to start small, I think, in that sense with like a to-do list or a, I don't know, snake.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, what motivated you to, like, I guess you mentioned JavaScript. Uh, why did you choose particularly JavaScript to build your um, projects in?
2: Uh, I think the JavaScript was more for front-end roles. Uh, so I think I started learning JavaScript maybe in first year, just because my first internship project Required JavaScript, which I hadn't written before. So basically, I had to learn JavaScript, do the, do the project. Um, and then from there, I think 2041 required a little bit of JavaScript. Um, but really, overall, CSE didn't have a lot of front end or like JavaScript courses back then. Now we have 6080, which is really good. Um, but I think back then there was like a lack of front end or like more modern techniques that were like incorporated into courses i think it's much better now with like yeah 6080, 1531 the whole like changing of the lower level courses i think has been a good change um but yeah there was no like uh front-end focused courses i'd say so it was kind of on myself to to upskill and learn in order to apply for those internships or grad roles that had that front-end requirement like canva
0: What was your approach to self-learning then? Was it more of just research for documentation and have a quick read through and then get right to coding or did you follow any tutorials or find any articles?
2: Yeah, I think it's a difficult balance between reading the docs and reading or watching tutorials and actually doing stuff. So you definitely need to do like theory and practical in order to learn efficiently. Um, Probably depends like on a personal level what that ratio is. Um, but yeah, I, I started out reading the docs, sort of flipping back and forth. Um, but I think what I did to begin with was just write a list of requirements. So for example, if I was writing a to-do list um, in vanilla JS, HTML, and CSS, just writing down a list like, okay, I should be able to display like this user's t- tasks. Um, they should be able to like tick them to of their to-do list uh, they should be able to see their deleted things and like undelete a task and just coming up with a list um, and then just like trying to implement each one and when there's something i don't know go to google i think everyone's quite <laughs> familiar with that having one screen up with your code the other screen
1: what comes first usually uh the thing that you want to learn or the project that you want to do
2: Hmm, that's a really interesting question Uh, for me I'd say probably what I want to learn just because most of my projects have inspired from trying to learn
0: like prepare for those technical interviews and
2: yeah or if like there's something that you want to learn that isn't offered or maybe it's running in T3 but you're at the start of the year and you want (laughs) to learn it now I think that was most of the motivation. Um, there have been a lot of projects that I've wanted to do that are like bigger, that I haven't had the time to to do. I, <laughs> I think that's probably something that a lot of people can empathise with.
0: Yeah. I think that's definitely an advantage of doing smaller scale projects as well, because you can just start them and finish them. What I find is that, personally, you start a project and it's really huge. You get intimidated I and mean, then you just quit. But if Definitely. you're just practicing some technical skills, you can just find something small and just code it up and just learn learn on the job, basically.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think having a list of requirements really helps as well because if you can get through five of the eight, it feels like you've still accomplished something. Yeah. Or you can tell yourself you'll come <laughs> back to it later, but but you won't.
1: But I think, like, it's the start that's the important because if you don't start at all, then you don't uh, learn
0: those skills that you can apply in other places.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Out of all these small projects, do you have a personal favourite or the one that you're most proud of?
2: Um, I think the least boring one or the weirdest project <laughs> I did was in maybe third year. I think that was when I was student network director. And I was doing 2041 or just finished 2041 and I was super pumped about Pearl. <laughs> and so I wrote this uh, program that would uh, allocate mentees and mentors together depending on uh, the time, like the availabilities. And it was the most disgusting program written in Pearl. I don't know why, I, I think I've like banned it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was horrible, um, but it did the job. and that was the first personal project that I did.
0: <laughs> so it was actually used by like the by the mentors and mentees to find well, by, by the system or like
2: uh, I, I used it um, as the coordinator of the mentorship program to allocate everyone at the start. Um, so usually it would take like a full day or two of just manually forming groups um, so I decided that I would write a program to to speed up this menial task as, as a lot of comp sci kids usually do. I'm not sure if it actually saved that much time. It did take a long time to write it um, but I think the, the idea was that it could be used for future runnings of the program although when I looked back on it at the end and was like this code is horrible it's too horrible to ever be seen it's getting deleted (laughs) (laughs) sorry Tammy who was the next (laughs) student director
1: oh man um it worked um how long did it take you to actually write it
2: oh gosh I don't remember it would have been like two years ago or something but it it wouldn't have taken more than a day I think I wrote it all in the one day okay
0: so did you like start off with all of the technical like, knowledge acquired because I know you did one and I think that's like half of that course is in Perl, basically, or at least a third.
2: Yeah, it used to be like the main the main part of the course, at yeah. least when I took it. I think it's still a pretty,
1: they cut out
0: the JavaScript part of 2041 now, right, so okay. yeah, it, it is a pretty big part. Yeah. So it was just basically 2041 that gave you everything that you needed?
2: Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, th- there's not a lot of Perl features to learn it's not like react or javascript where there's so many um apis and libraries and stuff that that there is to learn it it is quite a simple language in that aspect i think i i did choose it because there was a lot of um parsing and like regex stuff that i needed to do um because i was getting the output from this like google form that went into this excel spreadsheet that i Exported into this CSV file and then fed that into my uh, terrible Perl program.
1: You keep saying it's terrible, but what, what to you makes a difference between like terrible code and like maybe code that you'd uh, want to sh- show other people, like um, tell other people to use?
2: Uh, I guess on two fronts. So the code itself was spaghetti. And then secondly, usability was pretty terrible because I feel like I would be the only one that'd be able to use the program because <laughs> it had to be like in the this exact format. And then you had to call the commands in like a very specific way. And then the output that it gives you is y- y- like, yeah, you have to know what each like letter means. So it's very bad on like a usability perspective.
1: Um, I'd imagine like with your, Uh, like with your software internships um, in those contexts did you learn more about how to I guess like make code that's like reusable and that sort of thing
2: Um, I think it depends what your intern project is Um, I think you gain a lot of different experiences from an internship project versus a personal project Um, so one thing that I wasn't prepared for it all, going into my internship was um, how to go into an existing code base and not understand like most of it throughout the whole internship, somehow write your code and have it like mesh in with everything else. Um, I think that's the biggest shock that many people that are interns that intern at big companies it's not really something that uni can prepare you for either. Um, I mean, you do have to write code for your assignments that fits into a larger piece of code that they give you, but it's just not anything compared to having this like big monolith of like code, and then you're reading it, and it's like in a different language than you've learned, and you're having to figure out what each part does. And I was I think even more so at a big company. Um, Because I was interning at Google, there's just so many layers, and people on your team don't even know how it works. I remember I asked one of the people on my team a question about how we were getting, like, how do you get the data from the back end? And she drew this diagram that was like back end, (laughs) front end, (laughs) arrow, cloud, magic. Um, So that was the diagram, Um, which, yeah, it really doesn't, uni doesn't prepare you for that at all, having to just accept that you're not gonna understand like 80% of the code base and somehow like figure your way out. Um, So I think internships are definitely valuable and can't fully be replaced by personal projects. But then the other way around, I think personal projects are super valuable You learn stuff through them that you can't get out of an internship, like being responsible for everything and, you know, uh, sort of touching every aspect of its creation, like coming up with the requirements, designing how it should look, um, actually coding everything, having to code the back end and the front end. Um, So I think it gives you good visibility over like the whole process.
1: Yeah. So it's not so much back in front end magic. Like, you know <laughs> <laughs> You have to know
2: what the magic is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What's your advice for someone who, who gets into an internship and also has that same experience? Do you have anything to say to those kinds of people or just having a panic attack right now? <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, after you're done the panic attack, you should, uh, I think definitely asking for help is good. Although sometimes people on your team won't know. And I think it's an art of like learning what level of abstraction uh, is necessary for you to do your job. Um, Like you could sit down and like learn exactly what that magic is, how it works, but it's like, is that time that you're gonna spend worth, or is it more important than like getting work done that you could know with like less knowledge? So my advice would be to find the balance um, between knowing everything, every little detail and knowing nothing at all. Um, actually, I think as anything, any position in a company you really need to develop that art of knowing just enough to do your job. Um, so I'd find the parts of the code that you definitely need to know how it works um and then figure out what you know you can probably get by without, um, and then go from there, ask people for help. Once you've fully understood the parts that you need to know, then start coding.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, and I was just curious, like, do you think anyone um, at a big company would have an understanding of how the whole thing is put together?
2: Uh, at a size like Google or any, big tech company, I'd say absolutely not. It's just such a big code base. There's no way that anyone would be able to know like every little detail inside each product's um, code base, how everything works. I think even um, Rob Pike, who works in the Sydney office, who is one of the founders of UTF-8, I think, um, who designed the file system um that that's used uh, even I don't I don't think he knows how everything works and he's been there for a long time so
0: so yeah just jumping back to to your projects in general you mentioned at some point that you had some projects in the mix that you were just work but he haven't worked on yet but you had some ideas if you'd like to share some of those how do you start brainstorming those ideas or where do those ideas come from
2: Uh, I think coming up with ideas is like the easy part and then actually sitting down and coding is the hard part. Um, With brainstorming ideas or coming up with ideas, I think it really depends on what your motivation is for the project and why you're doing it. Um, So if it's purely personal, I'd say just, you know, whatever interests you uh, is probably what's going to motivate you the most to actually start coding. In a lot of cases for me, uh, mine was motivated by trying to learn a particular coding language. Um, So I just picked something that I thought would be interesting to do uh, in that particular language.
1: Um, Have you mostly just focused on JavaScript and React type of
2: projects? Um, I'd say those are the main ones. um, Just because there was a lack of it at the time, like CSE courses being offered. Um, so that was definitely the focus. Um, although I think if it would have been flipped with like if databases or like C++ wasn't offered, um, I think that would end up being my focus of like personal learning.
0: Well, have you done any of these courses that, these new new courses that teach like JavaScript or React?
2: Uh, yeah, so I'm taking sixty eighty at the moment. Um, which I think is really good. Um, In some ways I think it's like easier and harder to become, or to get like a grad job at somewhere like Canva. Because before it was like, you know, there's no one coming out of UNSW that really has any formal front-end training. So if you took the time to learn it, it's like you have a leg up over everyone else, but it's now like you can learn it properly and like actually know how to do stuff. And you have like a good, Coverage, I think, of, of front-end. But now it's like everyone else is coming out <laughs> with a good coverage of front-end. Um, but I think it's a good thing because tech's growing and they say front-end's always in demand. So I think it's a good thing.
0: Having done both self-learning and learning at UNSW, what do you, what would you say are the advantages or disadvantages from both or what's your perspective on, on that relationship?
2: Uh, I think a good thing about courses is... Um, it's a good coverage of anything so everything so you can be sure that you're not going to miss anything I guess or any critical components I think it's the same sort of thing as uh, people that are self-taught coders that come into 1511 that there'll be like certain gaps that they discover they have that they didn't know they had or they'll be learning like what you have to indent, maybe not that bad, but like, <laughs> bad style. Um, so I think it's good when you're learning from a course in terms of like what the good style is, what the techniques are, making sure that you're covering everything. With personal projects, uh, I think you'll have the ability to go in deeper into um, a particular uh, area that you want to Um, that might just be skimmed over in a course of course you have that option available to you if you're doing a course you can like deep dive into something that you're particularly interested in but I think it comes up more in personal projects when you're not so stressed trying to keep up with everything else
1: I think you've talked mostly about like um the sort of front end stuff that you've done did you always know that you were interested in front end
2: um I think when I started out i didn't really get that there was a difference between back-end and front-end because I was just starting out and I was like, oh, you write the C code and this is what coding must be. And then after I did like my first internship, I realized like, oh, there's different teams that are doing different things. And there's like people that work on infrastructure. There's people that do more of the back-end stuff. There's people that take care of, you know, what the website looks like and uh, stuff like that. So from then, I guess I was more interested in front-end. Um, personally, I'm more of a artistic person, so I think I was naturally drawn to that. Um, but as well, I think the projects that I happened to get were more front-end focused. So I think it was a mix of like uh, chance and personal interest that got me into front-end.
1: Is there anything that you think you st- are still wanting to learn uh, in the realm of might be front end or something else?
2: Hmm. There's a lot actually. Um, yeah, I still don't think I'm an expert in anything and I don't think I don't think I'll, I'll ever be an expert in anything with the way that like the pace of new stuff coming out. I definitely want to take the time to sit down and get a basic knowledge of databases I just can't bring myself to do it because I keep thinking that it's going to be really boring <laughs> but I think it's essential to to have a little bit of knowledge of all the domains in in computer science and then you'll find the one that you like to specialize in and then you can focus on that um, I think other domains I'm interested in upskilling in um, like U, UX design and product management as well
0: Yeah, I don't think there's many personal projects you can do for, like, product management or UX design. Oh, actually... UX design, you you
1: probably could do stuff on your own. Have you been doing that?
2: Yeah, I think UX design would be one of the... would be easier to do a small-scale, like, personal project over. Um, You could just, you know, learn how to use Figma or design. Well, I guess you could use the same sort of technique as starting a personal project for coding, he'd come up with a list of requirements and then design an interface that sort of satisfies those. Product management, I think, is a little bit harder, especially because it differs so much depending what company, what size the company's at. So, yeah, I think it it really depends what skill you want to build up for product management and then depending on what it is, it might be quite difficult to actually get practice at. So I think reading and doing the more theory becomes more what you have to do. I don't know, it's hard. Um, and I don't have much experience in product management. So I'm probably not the, the best person to give advice over how to learn how to do product management. But um, I would say it is more difficult to do a personal project surrounding that compared to like UX design or software engineering.
1: But both of those things um, do sound like stuff that you'd have to, that isn't fully covered at uni and you'd have to basically like your only option is to like go out on your own to learn it.
2: Product management for sure. I don't think there's any coursework really available at UNSLVU. I think it'd be really cool if there was, Um, but it would be a hard course I think to structure. Mm -hmm. I think what comes close would be like the MBA at like Harvard, like that kind of thing, is like what a lot of these top PMs I think come out of doing. Um, but it, it, I think, it is hard to design like a PM skills course without being like it being some like wishy-washy innovation kind of course. Um, I mean, PMs tend to come from really varied backgrounds. Um, So some people come in from business, some people are like former designers, some people are ex-software engineers. So I think PM is more of an experience thing rather than something you're like, I'm gonna learn how to do JavaScript and then you like learn it. It's a bit harder with PM. I think experience comes into it quite a bit more. So in that sense, I think it's, it's harder to directly (laughs) upskill, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, On the UX and UI design of things, I think that you've already tutored like the UI design course at UNSW, and you still want to do a personal project on that. What else is there to really learn out of doing a personal project for UI or UX?
2: There's still a lot um, to learn in UI, UX. I think it's great that UNSW has uh, 3511 and 4511 um, as like design courses, so that again, you can kind of get that breadth and coverage of like, you know, this, these are kind of the main things in uh, UX and UI. Um, I think as like extensions with what you would want to learn. Again, it's a little bit difficult when you're not like working in a company that has an established product um, because it's difficult to talk to users. If you don't have a product Um, but I guess you could do sort of like a similar thing if you're like just doing like a proof of concept kind of idea and then testing it on your friends and family
1: Um, would that be something that you're probably looking into um, at some point in the future
2: maybe pretty happy to stay in software for the next year or two I I think Um, Because I think if you're working in tech, it's really important to have a knowledge of software and how things operate um, in industry. So not just like doing uni and knowing how to code, but like how do things work? How do people make decisions um, as a team in software um, before starting to transition into like a different role, like designer or product management? Um, That's just my personal opinion. I think for, for some people it, it can be different and you can go straight into one of those roles um, depending on your past experience and the skills that you have. But for me, I think I'll stick in software and then transition into something like design or PM. I'm not really sure yet.
1: Fair enough, leaving the options open.
2: Yeah, always a good thing to do.
0: <laughs> Just going like all the way back to, to your personal projects, Whenever you encountered like a major obstacle or like some issue of your code or something that you couldn't really wrap your head around, what was your what was your approach to that?
2: Yeah, I think that is one of the challenges of personal projects compared to like an academic project or an internship project where there is an obvious route to get help, whether that be like asking your tutor or someone in your team for a personal project, I think it's a bit more difficult but I'd say just reaching out to like other like friends that you have that do computer science if they've ever had um, that problem before Um, but also like developing a skill for how to like solve your own problems I guess like searching online like knowing what to search for. Um, I think everyone kind of develops that in first year, second year like how to effectively like search for answers to your problems. Yeah, that sounds fair enough.
1: Did we cover this like when was like your first, I guess, like smaller project that you tried?
2: Oh, so you mean after the Pearl Abomination? <laughs>
1: <laughs> was that your first thing that you did?
2: Like personal project wise? Yeah. Um, Pearl Abomination was first. Oh, okay. It will <laughs> always be my first. Um, then I think it it became more on more focused on learning front end and JavaScript. Leaving the Pearl behind. Yes. <laughs> trying <Driver>. to forget it. <laughs> <that. laughs> <laughs> trying to forget it. And now we've talked about <laughs> the Pearl project for like a large chunk of this podcast. <laughs>
1: I mean, even though you I, I guess we're gonna go back to talking about the Pearl <laughs> thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you, you talk about um like how it was an abomination. I'm sure it wasn't that bad. But yeah, what did you like learn or were there any things that you learned from it that you like took into like future projects
2: yeah well I suppose every piece of code that you've written that many years ago looks like an abomination in hindsight I think anything that's on the lower level like not using a framework it, it does force you to understand how things work um, under the surface um, and I think I definitely got more confident at parsing things and regex as well just because of how complicated the input was in terms of the formatting (laughs) or how complicated I made it um yeah I had to think a lot about the lower end of things and um regex
1: (laughs) yeah if there's one thing that 204 taught me it's just regex
2: (laughs) I mean it's a useful it's a useful skill (laughs) it can Mm -hmm. save you a lot of um programming time if you're like writing you know, 10 lines of code to do something that you could do in one line with regex. Um, it'd probably be quite valuable to have that, that option open. Yeah, that's true.
1: Do you have any future plans, um, for, I guess, are you graduating,
2: um, at the end of this year? Uh, so I have one more subject to do, which is a psychology statistics course in T1, but then I'm, finished and graduated finally after like so it'll be like what 6.333 years of education including the paramedics um, the year that I did studied paramedics so it feels like forever that I've been in high school and like really looking forward to getting out of uni and starting full-time work.
1: I guess with full-time work then you'll be launching yourself into Um, whatever projects you're working there. Um, Well, I guess you talked about, like, you want to get more into databases and understand those. Do you have any, like, projects planned in the future?
2: No, I don't have any projects planned. Um, I think it would be good to to continue doing personal projects, even when you start full-time work, Mm -hmm. Um, just to keep up to date with what the new frameworks or different um, languages coming out might be. Um, I think that is probably gonna be quite important. Um, And then maybe doing some reading or trying to upskill in UX and product management. Although I haven't figured out what the best way to do that is.
1: Yeah, fair enough, that sounds like a good plan. Also like just any last words maybe um that you want to leave our listeners with
2: i think reflection is something that not enough people allocate time to do Um, i think it's really important to learn from your past experiences such as the awful pearl program just accept all your past experiences what they are and sort of reflect on them to find the best way to move forward and use those experiences um, in the future. Yeah, I think that sounds like pretty good
1: advice. Um, Yeah, so, like, after everything that you do, do you, like, spend time to reflect on it? Um, Yeah, sort of what's your process of reflection? Or is there a process at all?
2: I think it's more of a mindset that I've developed over the years. I think as when I was in first or second year, for example, I really regretted doing paramedics I was like oh why did I waste my time like I wasted a whole year um, learning something that I'm not going to ever use um, but I think it was really helpful later on um, the types of skills that, that weren't strictly like oh how do you splint this or how do you resuscitate someone obviously I don't use those or so I haven't had an opportunity <laughs> arise where I've needed to use those skills uh, yet um, but definitely other skills more like soft skills, I guess, in terms of like communication, working under pressure. I realized later that I had learned skills through doing that and yeah, so I don't, I don't look back on it now and think that it was a waste of time. I'm gonna we'll try and extract the parts where I'm like, that kind of had value and I learned from this and try and incorporate it when I see a, another situation arise that it might fit into. Um, like I seem pretty awkward now, and I am, but I was way more awkward uh, in 2015, for sure. And doing paramedic science and having to interact with patients definitely helped with that.
0: Just something that we didn't really touch on earlier, but we've seen like a direct evolution from paramedic science to <laughs> electrical engineering, uh, ELEC and comp sci, to, just comps, uh, to comp sci and psych what was your decision process behind all of those what drew you to elec and Compsai, and then dropping elec
2: yeah it's almost gone full circle with like i'm almost back in like the healthcare sector with psychology <laughs> um the thought process uh when i was in high school and they're like what do you want to be when you grow up by then you don't really know what all the options out there are um, and i don't think enough schools enough opportunity for you to like learn what all your options are um so i was like i want to be a doctor that sounds fun that's like one of the five degree things that you you know of without doing much research um so i was like yeah cool i want to be a doctor like you know you have to be smart it's like a big flex you know (laughs) so i was like cool i'll do um yeah i'll study to become a doctor and i got the grades for it but I didn't realize that you needed to do the UMAT oh. which sounds silly at the time but yeah I didn't realize that was a thing uh, anyways uh, so then I was like okay I'll do paramedics because that sounds fun it sounds really like action-packed it's kind of similar like it's medical maybe I'll like become a doctor later on or something I just kind of wanted to repel out of the our uh, like the helicopter <laughs> <laughs> and like save people in the bush that had like been bitten by a snake like that was what i was envisioning um it was not like that (laughs) (laughs) obviously when i went to do my practical at the end of the year so it was like a six month placement in the ambulance and this is going to sound really surprising but it was really a boring experience really like nothing exciting really happened um there were a few cases of like you know someone has been in a car accident but they were, they were fine, like, it was all fine. It was, like, low-speed stuff. So um, there were a lot of weird cases as well um, <laughs> with just – well, not, like, weird, but, like, things that you don't see on the surface. And this could be a whole tangent as well, but, like, 25% or, like, 20% of <coughs> cases that paramedics go to are mental health-related. Oh, and okay. so you just, like, see, like, what's been, like, swept under the rug by – society and you're like oh this is like the stuff under the surface so it gives you an insight into I guess a more yeah you you see the weird stuff that goes on I think and you get a better perception of reality and I've gone on a a rant about that but uh, what was I going with this, yeah paramedics it wasn't really for me Um, the vision of rappelling out of the helicopter wasn't there so I decided to change degrees and uh, at that point, I did what I wish I had done a year ago um, and researched all of my options. Uh, researched more unis than just in Queensland, so I like broadened my search to the whole East Coast, I think. Um, and I was like, well, science and maths did well at those in high school, so what could I use this for? Oh, engineering, oh, there you go. And so I thought like, electrical engineering sounds cool. It's also a bit of a flex. <laughs> And I had this vision of like making circuits and stuff like that, um, making robots. Probably should have chose mechatronics, but I didn't really know what that was. So I started in electrical and computer science. Um, computer science was, again, just sort of tacked on because I think my dad was like, oh, you should combine it with computer science. It'll like go well together. Um, I don't think I have found a out if that was true or not because I didn't get very far into electrical engineering Um, it wasn't building circuits and robots so maybe I didn't get to that stage but um, it was a lot more physics and maths than I was prepared to do and I was like I don't really want to (laughs) do this like calculations for the rest of uh, my life as a job so I decided to drop electrical and I was like computer science is kind of like working out for me I enjoy it Um, but I'm a big fan of double degrees, so I was like, ooh, what am I going to do for my double degree? This is fun. Again, like, pull out all the options. um, And then, yeah, landed on psychology.
1: Psychology almost brings it back to your experiences in paramedicine um, where you talked about, like, a lot of the issues you are dealing with was with mental health.
2: Yeah, I think mental health is is super important, and I think it's good for anyone to do a little bit of Uh, Research on mental health uh, because I think there's a lot of misconceptions. For example, um, like a lot of people don't really know what schizophrenia is because the media has like portrayed it as like a different thing, Um, like the schizo with the like hand or whatever. I haven't really seen it, but I think it's like people think that it's split personality disorder when it actually isn't. Yeah, I think um, if I had gone into psychology instead, like right at the start, probably would have enjoyed working as like a counselor or something. I think that'd be fun. But uh, yeah, I think it does transfer over to computer science a little bit if you find the places where it can fit. So for me, I do like talking to users. And I think it's a similar thing with you want to understand how the user is feeling and empathize with them and be able to find out like what their challenges are. So it's like, I guess kind of like counseling, but on a less high stakes scale.
1: I mean, yeah, I guess that that is true. You're like figuring out sort of their problems and sort of what they want.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Except they don't have crippling depression or that's not what they're there to see you for.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, if you were like developing like a mental health, um,
2: a that combination would be really cool. Wow. I would love to do like work for like a Black Dog Institute or something. Oh yeah. What isn't like w- that app called like BetterHelp? That was like a really good concept, but in reality, like there was some there was some sort of like scam thing going on. Oh But no. it was like such a good idea.
0: Yes. Next yes. personal project. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Better help, but better, better, better help. Better you
1: guys want to get in on this? Like. <laughs> 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 All right. If any of our listeners are interested in <laughs> getting into better, better help, hit <laughs> up <laughs> <Enough>, Ali. <laughs> so that brings us to the end of our podcast for today. I think we talked about much more than just um, our usual just projects. We talked more about building skills and going out of your way, making smaller things to help develop you as a person um, over the course of a uni degree. So, yeah, thank you so much, Ali, uh, for your time. And uh, we hope that people learnt something new listening to this. Um, as always, we're on the lookout for new guests. So if you've got a project that you want to share, uh, feel free to reach out to us on the CSE SOC media website.